well oh i should have asked you before we were on the air mm-hmm. why rich yeah why rich yeah oh, thank it's God. like a very deceptively difficult name last name to pronounce is what i am realizing yeah 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 because yeah. i've i read your name a lot before i heard it mm-hmm. and i was reading it as way rich mm-hmm. or no yeah yep, yeah probably yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. that is the thing is i i my my theory is that people don't know a lot of Addies. Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, like for example, I always use her as a, I always use this person as an example. But there was a girl in school who was like Maddie Pignetti, uh-huh. and it was like when you have a name, and there's also like Sam Gorin, and because like when you have like a Sam or a Maddie or like you either go by your first like first and last name mm-hmm. to differentiate or you just go by your last name to like differentiate mm-hmm. like you, to differentiate you amongst the other Maddies or amongst mm-hmm. the other Sams. But since no one really knows another Addie, it's like if someone's like, Oh, I'm getting coffee with Addie, no one's like, which one? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? They might yeah, just be like, yeah. oh, I don't know who that is. Who is Addie? But like that's like the most but it's like, oh Addie, we know Addie. Yeah. Whereas like I'm getting coffee with John. It's like, oh John who? And it's like, oh John Rodinsky. And it's like, oh great. Okay, I know that person. I didn't know if it's like the, the twenty other Johns in my fucking phone. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so, so I do think that's part of it. And then also like the W E Y of the last name is stupid. It doesn't. <laughs> but my no one like apparently it's I my dad and I and my dad's dad pronounce it a way that it shouldn't even be pronounced anyways. Mm, interesting. But that's just how it. Yeah, it just gets passed down. That this way. is how it is. I yeah, don't I know. Yeah. yeah, I feel like I listened to an episode of um, Judge John Hodgman once, where mm-hmm. like the the issue that was being debated was the pronunci- like a brother and a sister both pronounced their last name differently. And yeah, they both thought they were right. And yeah, so that was the. My mom is a part of a of a family where the last name is Polineski. Mm-hmm. Um, but some, but like some of my cousin, like three of my cousins are like it's actually Polinichki. Because that's oh, how yeah. like the proper pronunciation. We're like, yeah, but no one's Polinichkiing that <laughs> around. Like, yeah, it's a Czech name, but all of us are like from Philadelphia. Like, no one is like it's Polineski. That's where P O L A N E C Z K Y. Like, it's a very crazy yeah name. Just it's just gonna be that. Yeah, it's a lot of name. A lot yeah. of name. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm also realizing that I left my notebook over there after you asked me wow. about it. <laughs> I asked you Wait, about so your... you both took such cute little notes. So yeah. what do you, so, okay, so can you guys tell me more about kind of you about your podcast? What made you want to do it and what do you do when you prepare for an episode? Well, uh, great question. All you. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you, I, Harper had wanted to do a podcast. Mm-hmm. And I was like watching a video and it was like Ethan Hawke talking about his movies. I was like, oh, he's, he's done a lot of stuff that I like. Oh, cool. And then, but it, this is just like an It's like a specific actor also that that when I was like Ethan Hawke, I was like, who's Ethan Hawke again? And then I looked him up and I was like, oh, he's been in so many. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know exactly that was kind of the situation yeah. for me. It's like, oh, I've seen a bunch of his movies and I was watching this video. I was like, oh, I like a lot of his stuff. Like it wasn't something that I really thought about. Yeah. And then Harper was like, let's do a podcast about him. And I was like, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And so that's that's how we're here. Okay, cool. And obviously, you two are, are together and you live together. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Adorable. We yeah, love we're that. Really cute. Really cute. <laughs> yeah. and shared love of Ethan Hawke. We love it. Okay, cool. And then you. And then what do you take notes on? Because you said you did like research. Just the plot of the movie. The plot of the movie. Yeah, and then I'll usually pull up reviews or like try to like skim the Wikipedia, the IMDb yeah. for anything relevant. Um, I found a really fun article okay, today. Okay, cool. Um, but yeah, so basically, and then uh, Jonathan will find a hawk fact. So that's yeah. a fun segment oh, we fun. have. Okay, cool. Hawks. Okay, well, now I'm ready to start the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Harper. I'm Jonathan. And uh, welcome to Hawkeyes. Authentic 
knowledge and feelings. I feel it, I feel it. Hey, I know where you're going with this. You want a little cliff that makes everybody laugh and feel good. You know what I mean? Instead it's like, whoa. But I'm really not funny. No, no. And we no. should have a podcast. What? <laughs> okay. have a very cool guest with us it's Addie Wyrich thank you you may know her from her show everything's great Mm -hmm. and also from her wonderful Instagram (laughs) that I'm obsessed with thank you so much truly means a lot when anyone likes my Instagram because my only rule for myself for Instagram is that I only post and do things that I think are fun or funny Mm -hmm. um that's been it from like that's been it from day one like it's never like a what should I post um so when people like it it's like oh then you really like me (laughs) it's a very validating (laughs) yeah I mean there are just like so many fun things you do that are exciting to you know follow along (laughs) with like I'm so glad you got that t-shirt me too (laughs) me too it honestly was I honestly it I I gotta say for, for what it's worth social media can be like pros cons it can be really great for accountability and I was like I've told way too many people about if I do 30 classes of yoga in 30 days I will get this long sleeve and so many people like so many strangers that I do not know have messaged me encouragingly being like we cannot wait for you to get that shirt that I'm like I can't not get the shirt and I like did it for for me but I did it for all of us you know what I mean it was really it was stupid so fun inspiring thank you yeah I lost um, no weight. Incredible. <laughs> <laughs> but you got a t-shirt. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Um, have you seen many Ethan Hawke movies before? Because you said you looked through his uh, credits. Yeah, I think so. Some, honestly, so sorry. Not off the top of my head. I can't name them off the top of oh, my yeah, head. No but if you like name them out, I, I could be like, yes, no, no, yes. Yeah. Um, well, some big ones. We got Dead Poet Society. Sure. Uh, we got the Before Sunrise, Sunset. No. Oh, okay. Ooh, that's a big one. I like that. I also will say that I don't, I think I am someone who does not watch a lot of movies sometimes mm-hmm. um and there have been the- my friends really don't like that about me um <laughs> and to that and but my friends are a lot older than me so i say you've had more years to watch movies uh and also i'm just a busy lady true yeah yeah and uh, are, you, are you guys only children any of you only children i am you are yeah i have a sibling you're a sibling uh, who do you think watched movies more between the two of you who's watched more me. movies you, you have I think so, but I, Jonathan's very well watched. Yeah, but you have like your dad is like a movie. Yeah, buff. my dad's he's a movie like the guy. biggest movie. Buff. Oh, he's a, yeah. So did you spend a lot of time with your dad watching movies? Yes, and then also even if I wasn't watching with him, like we always went to Hollywood Video on like Friday nights. So I'd get like three movies and I'd watch them over the weekend. Oh, yeah. cool. Yeah. Okay, as I will, because I think my only childness, mm-hmm. uh, I think it manifested in me not watching movies. Interesting. Because I think it was like if and what I've what I've kind of procuring so off track immediately, but like. <laughs> My friends who have had like who have a lot of siblings, it'll be like, oh well, I have. There's four children. Everyone's a different age, but the thing that combines us all together is that we can all watch a movie. Mm-hmm. So like, mom's gonna order pizza, and and like dad's gonna like go pick it up, and then we're gonna all sit down and eat pizza and watch this movie or watch two movies together, and mm-hmm. and then you know parents can like fall asleep while the kids are entertained, you know. Mm-hmm. Whereas for me, it's like I, it was kind of like lonely for me to like watch a movie 
alone because my, my parents are writers and so they're like journalists. So like they'd be working weird hours. Mm-hmm. So if anything, I would like play pretend alone. Like I made a lot of, which maybe is worse than a movie, but I've like <laughs> made a lot of forts and like I spent so much time collaging, like so many arts and crafts. Um, or, or, and then I think as I got older, I just got into TV. Like I would binge, like I watched all of Grey's Anatomy, or like mm-hmm. all of Lost. Totally. And I think TV you is easier to watch alone because someone can't kind of just like hop in and watch like, oh, what do you want to watch? Well, let's watch episode, like episode six, season 13 of Grey's Anatomy. And mm-hmm. it's like, you have to catch them up on the whole thing. Whereas like, if we were hanging out and you're like, hey, what, you want to watch a movie? We could both like start to finish complete an activity. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think TV shows are more of an uh, uh, alone time. Mm-hmm. Activity yeah, than a sense. movie. Yeah. That makes sense? Yeah. I hadn't thought about it like that. Yeah. I also did watch a lot of TV as a child. Yeah. 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 Um, I also did a lot of karate. I did a lot of lot of of sports. Yeah, see, that's the thing. I didn't have, like, activities like that that Mm -hmm. I did. I would just, uh, I would go to the after-school program after school. Mm -hmm. And then my parents would get off work and pick me up. And then I'd be at home. And then I'd do my homework. And then I'd watch TV. Watch TV and I'd go to sleep. Yeah. 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 yeah, I did dance. I want. I just want to be clear that my w- parents didn't neglect me. <laughs> I want to be clear that I, my parents didn't neglect me and I was a talented dancer. I did. Do, yes, I did dance until I stopped doing dance and mm-hmm. I was never amazing. Right. But I did it. It was an activity. I moved Incredible. sometimes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah, moving is good. It's so good. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay, so but to answer your question, I've not watched a lot of Ethan Hawke movies. Okay. Had you seen, Um, because I think the other one we were talking about was Daybreakers. I have not. Oh. But I hear that's really good. It's like, very I, fun. I hear it's fun and good. I honestly looked at the trailer and I was like, this is a very like dark tones movie. And I was like, mm, I don't want to watch a dark tones movie right now. Like in the mindset that I was in. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I always want to watch a fun Boston crime one. But I will say <laughs> in watching this movie, uh-huh. Maybe I would have actually wanted to watch Daybreakers because I've I speaking of TV shows I've been doing The Sopranos right now. Oh okay. Um, and I just got laid off from my day job, but when I did have my day job, I worked remotely, so I would just like have The Sopranos on while working. Mm-hmm. So I was just like blazing through to The Sopranos, and this movie felt like worse Sopranos. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like I was like, it's so close mm-hmm. to being The Sopranos, but it's not as good. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and I was like, oh, maybe I would have wanted Daybreakers, which are vampire people <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Is. Yeah. Daybreakers is, I will say, like, it's not really that dark. Like, it's just very silly. Like the the graphics, like the visuals are kind of a little disturbing for sure. Mm-hmm. But it is like a, a kooky vampire, like, you know, B movie with Ethan Hawke and Willem Dafoe and yeah. Sam Neill just being wild. Yeah. Yeah. Is it a movie where you think it's very fun to watch because you're like, this is a crazy movie or like, this is a good movie? No, like, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Did you guys watch that movie together? No, I don't I think Jonathan seen hasn't seen it yet. Oh, will you watch it together? Yeah, That's I think really so. Cute. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of works out better. I mean, sometimes we watch movies separately, but we haven't in a while. Yeah. I think at the beginning we tried to so that we wouldn't like Influence see each other's, other you know, reaction. Oh my yeah. God, it's so much more fun to watch. I think I also yeah. live alone now, so it's like... Mm-hmm. watching things and I, I went oh and I'm also single so I'm not like man I'm trying to like figure out why I don't watch movies <laughs> like that's what I that's like my existential mm-hmm. uh, question is for, of like the month is like why don't I watch movies I love going to see them in theaters okay cool well we, we didn't watch Daybreakers though we no watched we watched what, what doesn't, doesn't kill, kill you. you what yeah. doesn't kill you makes, makes you stronger stand a little taller even a 
and Kelly Clarkson. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is yeah. what, which I just want, every time I, like, saw the title of the movie, mm-hmm. I wanted to sing the song. Yeah, when you Google this, that song comes up first, first. and then on the side, Google's like, or did you mean this or movie you mean- from 2008? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, the original title of the movie was actually Real Men Cry. Oh. Fun wow. fact. Yeah, and that's, like, one of the lines from the oh, movie. Oh, yeah, it's with, 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 with the sponsor at the mm-hmm. end. Um, oh. I think I don't like either of the titles, but I like Real Men Cry maybe better. Yeah, I kind of it's like less it. It's a cliche. Yeah, I think um, I was reading an interview with Brian Goodman, who wrote and directed it, mm-hmm. and he was saying that he he liked Real Men Cry, but then he thought that it just kind of didn't really fit with the audience for the movie. That like, He thought that like sure. women would be intrigued by the name Real Men Cry <laughs> and that men would be intrigued by the trailer. But then yeah. ultimately what doesn't kill you kind of lined up more with the movie. Yeah. 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 It doesn't, the name doesn't exactly feel like a Boston crime drama. Yeah. I exactly. Say, I, I, I think honestly, if what, if it had just been like, what's, I mean, what's the, what's the, what's one of the lines that Ethan Hawke says when he's in the kitchen, he's like, um, they're not going to get me this time. Like I'd rather, like I'm not going back to jail. Like one of those mm-hmm. final lines, I think, would be better than "What doesn't kill you?" Because I'm like, well, it yeah, it doesn't didn't kill him, but it. I don't, I don't really know if. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I don't think, think anyone a better, made a better theme made or stronger. Yeah. Although, okay. um, the movie like it was based on Brian Goodman's real life experiences. I oh, that was a follow question because at the yeah. end they did that, they did that little. Brian is sober and he does it every day. He has a great relationship with his kid. But uh oh, that other guy, he got in jail. He's there for 50 years. And I was like, wait, is this a true story? It is a true story. So the writer, director. Yeah, and he also plays um oh god, what's the name of that guy? Um he plays the like the crime boss, basically. Oh he, um not not rich not uh not rich. Not no. solely the older guy but the or? so there's yeah, Jackie, the, the, the one who's the one that's in prison the with one them. That's in prison. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Pat, Pat, Pat. 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 Yes. Yeah. So he plays Pat as well. Um and so, yeah, I got to be honest, the movie that I think of Brian Goodman from, like what I recognized him from was Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. He plays the father of the main character who lives in Japan. And so he has to go move to Japan to live with his dad. Wait, so Brian Goodman, yeah. the human, yes, actually used to like work. In, yeah, like, he was in the mob. In the mob. Yeah. In Boston. In Boston. And then was like no more Gotta yeah for and then well and then became hollywood boy yeah basically so then you know he went to jail sure. like in the movie and so then when he got out he was like like uh mark ruffalo's character he was like i'm not gonna go back so yeah. he got into acting <laughs> what is so funny because i've been watching the sopranos is that that's also a big that's like a theme in the sopranos is like you're not gonna be one of because like the person who like squealed and like uh um basically like the, when the godfather came out that was like chaos because it's like you're giving away all of our secrets mm-hmm. and then there is this like there's this run there's like running line th- with one of the characters of being like he could like write a screenplay at mm-hmm. the, and like release all the secrets and get out of the um like get out of the mob but then like he would be disowned by the family and like he could be killed yeah um if they if like if people found out that he like use their secrets and stories as part of a screenplay but everyone's like mob stories are always hot like everyone wants gangster stories Mm -hmm. um that's so so it's so funny that that this is a story that was made from someone being like this is what happened (gasps) cool yeah yeah it's like kind of it's like not exactly 
he said it was like 85 percent true and you know had to make some adjustments to make it like in a mo- an actual movie mm-hmm. um but that uh it's like a selection of things that really did happen to him Jeez. for the most part which yeah. is wild yeah yeah i didn't know that yeah um but yeah so basically the plot of this movie is we have uh brian and polly right is that their names yes yeah uh, played by mark ruffalo and ethan hawk respectively and they are childhood friends can you believe that i read that in the bio i thought they were brothers i was so sure the entire time i was you watching the whole it time they were i brothers? thought the whole time they were brothers and i was like <laughs> I mean, they're good actors, so I guess they're brothers. But Mark Ruffalo and Ethan Hawke don't look a lot alike. Oh no, I thought they were just because because there's that flashback scene mm-hmm. where it's them as kids, yeah, witnessing the um, like witnessing the. I don't know. I always read them as friends. Mm. Yeah, I did too. Okay, I think it's just me. This is <laughs> it might be just you, and that is okay. But maybe also on them because if one person thinks that they're brothers, then that's their fault. Mm, that's true. That's true. That's true. I yeah. mean, they do seem brotherly, but I think they establish that they are actually friends. It's like they're yeah. like partners. Yeah, totally. Um, so yeah, so they're childhood friends that continue their friendship <laughs> throughout their life, much uh-huh. like brothers might. <laughs> yeah. And um, they are working for the mob, basically. Yeah. That's, that's the story. It, yeah. But it also is like, it is it like halfway through, I liked this movie, but I also like... <laughs> movies like i like watching movies um when i rarely do i guess when i get around to it but i but i think sometimes i whenever i maybe it's because i've like been a pa and like am an actor and like do right so it's like i understand like sometimes when i watch a movie i'm like wow so many people got together and made that happen like i think of Mm -hmm. like the grips and i think of sound and i think of like taking a break for lunch when it was like like anytime i see like an outdoor snowy scene i'm like man everyone was cold that day like i i it's very hard for me to not watch a movie as like a team project mm-hmm. um so even if i even if i don't think it's very good or if there's parts where i'm like i don't get what's happening i'm still like well they, they did their best like someone really put money and effort and mm-hmm. this was someone's dream this was brian goodman's dream you it know? was yeah and like i can't it's so hard to 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 judge someone's dream i feel anyway um but there was a point where like when they went because it, it opens with the armored car right yeah. and yeah. then you find out later that that was just like a hypothetical thought and it goes from like armored car mm-hmm. to them as kids and then back and then uh, but then you're like oh well this is actually just a story about mark ruffalo and his like, rec- like by the end of the movie you're like oh this is a story about mark ruffalo's journey to sobriety mm-hmm. uh but it didn't but you only like felt that way by the end but through like the middle point i was like what is the arc of the i don't know what's happening in the in the movie or like it just seems like everyone's just doing crime mm-hmm. and getting money like yeah yeah i mean when the movie starts off and like they're they're kids and they see that dude get shot in the car and you're like oh this is like going to be kind of like a typical like mafia movie yes. but it kind of wasn't yes it was mm-hmm. more about like you said, it was more about his like him getting sober and stuff. Yeah. So it was it it was kind of like not what I expected it to be, even just from the outset of the movie. Which I, which then I was like, do I not like that? Why don't I like that? Do I want every movie to be the same? <laughs> like, shouldn't I like appreciate that this movie surprised me and like t- 
to did a genre change. Did you, I just watched The Breakup recently with Vince Vaughn and Jennifer Aniston. Oh, I seen it, no. um, it I also watched that when it came out. You watched that on when DVD. it came out. Yeah. Uh, it, when it came out on DVD. Oh God. Um, <laughs> uh, it is another movie where like the ending is not where, like it's a rom com, but they like not to spoil. It's okay. It's like it. fifteen years okay, old. Okay, it's like they don't get back together, or, or, or they don't like they they end up breaking. It's like. Vince Vaughn does fix himself. He does the thing in the rom com where he's like, "I, I'm telling you, I'm telling you how I feel. I cooked us dinner, and like, I really love you." And like, and Jennifer Anderson is like, "I can't do this," and she like goes to Europe and like goes on a trip and goes to like a bunch of different countries, and and then like a year passes, and then they bump into each other on the street, and they both are like, "Hey, yeah, like we should get coffee," and it ends with being like, "Oh, maybe they will get back together," but you mm-hmm. don't, you don't see the final. You're right. I love you. I love you too. Let's kiss and make out. Red, cr- roll credits. Mm-hmm. And I like texted. Of course, it's like a guy that I'm kind of seeing is the reason why I watch this fucking movie. Because <laughs> he was like, "You was in the breakup. Gosh, you the breakup." And then I texted him, being like, "Why the fuck didn't they kiss?" I was, I was like mad at the movie. But and I felt similarly with this movie of being like, "Oh, it didn't follow my expectations of a genre." Mm-hmm. But then, does that actually mean that it's a better movie? In this case, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I, th- I thought this movie was fine. Um, but I do think that it was, like, kind of... Like, this movie wasn't too long. Like, d- technically, in minutes. Like, it was, like, an hour 45, which is a pretty normal length. Yeah. But I felt like it was kind of like it does a, a tone shift, you know, and it felt like there was too much of one part of the movie, you know? Yeah. Like, if they're, if you're going to do two different kinds of movies in one movie, that you should not have one. Fe- I feel like the, I don't know, it felt like the, the pacing was kind of weird. Pacing felt very weird. Yeah. The movie felt very long. Yes. It felt longer than it was. It felt longer than it was. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't, and literally I watched it in two parts. Mm-hmm. Like I like watched it and I was like I gotta go on a run so I went on a run and then mm-hmm. I watched the rest of it and it was like I was like I gotta finish the movie and it but it did feel like there wasn't like a momentum of like I can't there are movies where like you don't get up mm-hmm. to go to the bathroom yeah because you're like I gotta see what happens in every next scene also this is like a, like also at a certain point I'm like everyone's white and like. <laughs> everyone looks the same yeah do you know what i mean i'm like i don't know who is who everyone is a white man and i don't like even i don't know who Polly is having sex with because all the women also look the same mm-hmm. um and no one is like giving distinguishable features and uh i don't know i also feel like i i've also been doing this thing where i've been I, I gender flip movies while i watch them a lot just mm-hmm. to see if i like that version better or if and it's like there's that scene where Mark Ruffalo is like, this is just who I am. This is who I am. <laughs> and I was like, okay, shut the fuck up. But then I was like, but mm-hmm. would love to see that gender flipped. Dude, that's like such a like Renee Zellweger scene. Like I could see her doing that. Yeah, of like if... her like almost like punching the guy in the face mm-hmm. of him like almost like cowering and asking like where you got this money and her being like, this is just who I am. <laughs> and then her slamming the door and then like the daughter in, on the floor like mm-hmm. looking up. Mm-hmm pretty cool yeah i love gender flip movies that's the thing of being like a part of me is like oh i don't i'm tired of seeing like characters where it's like pride and ego i guess but his pride and ego doesn't get in the way at the end of it i do appreciate that Mm -hmm. but of like pride and ego are continuing for drug use and for like uh for like drug use and for 
doing crime and putting families at risk and not like respecting like a, a the children or the family because of pride and ego but but I'm like, but I'm tired of it if it's a dude. But if it's a girl, haven't seen that before. Let's see that. I'll watch movies like that all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hustlers. Um, Did you see Hustlers? No. Yeah, That's I would. Good. I would That's recommend good. that for no, for um, women kind of playing against, against traditional. traditional okay, cool. Um, yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, I don't know. How, what are you? Can you say <laughs> well, something? It kind of, well, the it, the start of the movie kind of reminded me of the movie you watched before, which right. is. Uh, uh, before the devil knows you're dead, mm-hmm. which also has like kind of a spiritually similar title, I feel like. Yes. Mm-hmm. Although that one feels a little more. That title's a little fresher because it's not an expression that everyone knows. Yeah, but it's like half of a. It's before yeah, the devil knows. It's half yeah. of an expression. Yeah. The way that what doesn't kill you is half an expression. Yeah, it's the darker half yeah. of that expression. Yeah. Each both times. Yes, it's true. Um, because the before the devil knows you're dead one is like may you be in heaven a full thirty minutes before the yeah. devil knows you're dead. Mm-hmm. This one is what doesn't. Oh, I don't even know that expression. What is yeah, it? I didn't. Yeah, I it's didn't like know an that. Irish proverb or something. And yeah. Is Ethan Hawke Irish? And is that tattoo real? He is. I don't think that tattoo is real. That no, it, it he had. Fake, it was the same on both sides. It I drove know, me crazy. Like who gets oh, the, bad that symmetry. tattoo? Symmetry. I know symmetry. I understand. Hair and makeup. Just, what are you doing? There's a lot. Um. But no, he is, I believe, like English and Scottish. Because mm. he um, wrote a book called Rules for Being a Knight, which is. Ethan like, Hawke wrote a book? Yes, he's written four books. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, That's so many more than just one. It is. It is. <laughs> I've read one and a half of them. I'm working on it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I got to get back on that. The second one, I just put it down. I never picked it back up. Yeah. You know? But. Um, but yeah, so Rules for Being a Knight, I haven't read it, but I think it's like based on some kind of like fictionalized version of an ancestor he had who was like something green. His middle name is green. I don't know. Anyway, so I think he's English. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you know what? He sure as heck is not from Boston is what I'm going to say. Yeah, the Boston <sighs> accents in this were like yeah. a little bit. Like I thought Amanda Peet really went for it and I appreciated that. The wife. Yeah. She was great. Yeah, she was wonderful. I love her. Yeah. She's always good. Yeah. Um, and she really did a Boston accent. Yeah. Um, but I thought that Mark Ruffalo kind of tried and didn't succeed. Yeah, like, like sometimes commit. it was I know, but I love Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> like I yeah. am the mom that loves Mark Ruffalo. Like 100%. I love Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. Yeah, he's great, but the accent didn't totally land. And Ethan Hawke, it didn't even sound like he tried. Yeah. Do you he, think? He, I don't think he, he was supposed to be playing. We talked about this recently. Yeah. No, not recently. It's just that I haven't been listening to our episodes. Like, right. But the You're one catching that up I was on the podcast. To, uh-huh. We were talking about how he uh, didn't really try to do a Canadian accent. Right. Oh, in Taking Lives. Taking Lives. Yeah. Yeah, that was so confusing. I, I can't get into that again. But I kind of think okay, Boston is in America, and they yes, speak English there. They do. But. <laughs> I was kind of thinking about this with like, you know, there's like a lot of movies where it's like set in like Germany in World War II or whatever. And they all speak with and British all speaking, accents. Well, they're all speaking English with a German accent. Oh, uh-huh. Which I think about this too. doesn't make sense. Like, I think they should just, they should just talk like they're from Boston or something. <laughs> I think it would be like, I don't know. It's kind of, it's just weird to me to like think about like, I don't know, Tom Cruise talking in a German accent in english mm-hmm. in germany in world war Two, mm-hmm. so there, i don't know that is a little bit of like of like of like a suspending reality like yeah, suspending yeah, yeah. belief in reality to be like okay well sh- if this ger- 
okay, so I'm watching a movie that that like all the characters are German and they're living in Germany and they're talking to people also in Germany. So technically, they should be speaking German. Yeah. But since this is America and Hollywood and people don't, and as like as as Bong pointed out, of like once you True. get past the yeah. one inch barrier of subtitles, like yeah. there's a lot of movies out there, but people don't want to watch movies with subtitles. They don't want to read. Um, which also like I get aesthetically, like sure, whatever. Um, but then it is like, but then but they are speaking technically bad English. Not bad, but they're speaking mm-hmm. English right. with a German accent, which yeah. like. If you, if I like, if I like, I went to, like, I like, was taking French in high school. Mm-hmm. I learned how to say, like, je parle français, mais juste un petit peu, which is like with mm-hmm. proper pronunciation. I don't say, je parle français, mais juste un petit peu, which would be me speaking French with an American accent. Mm-hmm. So if I was German and I was speaking a great English, uh, uh, exceptional English, I would at least be speaking British English because mm-hmm. I would have learned that way. Right. You know, my yeah. French teacher did not teach us to speak French with an American, with an American accent. accent. Yeah. She tried her best to teach us with a, a French accent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. that's what they should have done in this movie. Just like assume that they're yeah, we Bostonians. Just, yeah. Just done, uh, what, New York? <laughs> yeah, true. I mean, the, the difficult thing about that, though, is that like everyone around them was like all like Boston people. Like, that's you true. know, so other than the main three, like Ethan Hawke, Mark Ruffalo, Amanda Pete, everyone else was like a Boston person. Like, yeah. You know, it'd be pretty funny if they just didn't have Boston accents. It's like it's like all. Pen 15 where they're like, oh, <laughs> women, yeah. and then they're like all the other actors. Everyone are else teenage, is t- 12 years old. Yeah. yeah. Do you think, um, do you think Ethan Hawke was happy to be in this movie? I think he was, yeah. Um, I was in that same uh, interview pull that up. Yeah. With, uh, with Brian Goodman. He was talking about how um, uh, they were he had gotten Mark Ruffalo on board first and like, cause he was excited and he was excited about the script. And so, and it was easy instead of getting agents involved, like Mark Ruffalo just ran into Ethan Hawke at a party and was like, Hey, I have this stuff. I, I have this thing I want you to read. And so then two days later, Ethan Hawke was on board with the movie. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think mostly Mark Ruffalo and Ethan Hawke had been trying to work together for a while. And so this was oh, fun. their chance to do that. That's yeah, nice. Ethan Hawke just likes to work with his friends. That's what is that, I've learned. Is that what it really feels yeah. like? Yeah, because like that's a dream. Yeah, Bobby Cannavale. We've seen him now at least once, and I know that they do theater together. Um, cool. Same with Rose Rose Byrne and Bobby Cannavale are married and also are like good friends with Ethan Hawke, and so they all kind of connected a lot. And Steve Zahn's been in like a million things with Ethan Hawke, and who else i don't know there's a bunch of people in the ethan hawk cinematic universe yeah i think he just does the stuff that he wants to do and then once in a while it'll be successful yeah yes once in a while what's his net worth what is his net worth i don't know is that googleable i'll look it up one billion dollars doubt it but he is an executive producer of a show that's coming out this year so that's because that's what i'm because like because there are some people where it's like they want to be in some people want to be like there are some people who are movie stars and like mm-hmm. everything they do and they probably have to be very selective about the projects they do like you know leo uh, what has leo been in some bad movies like i would like i don't really know or like not martha stewart surely not Martha Stewart. oh my god meryl <laughs> streep meryl streep <laughs> meryl streep's done like a million movies she has done some she bad has done i some mean bad movies ricky but, and the flash oh yeah well true. that was kind of fun though but his still. net worth is 55 million dollars Oh, that sounds about right, honestly. This is about right. But, like, so he lives a very comfortable life. Like, that's a... Yeah. But he's also not, like, making insane, insane money. But I think there's... 
I think there's like, you know, there's a there's a line where like once you hit a certain mm-hmm. notoriety or celebrity, then it's like, okay, what do you want to do? And it's like if you want to like keep trying to push to be like the best of the best, the A list of the A list, and mm-hmm. like go, honey, go. But like you are gonna be, have to be very selective about the projects you do. But if you just want to be someone who's like job is to be an actor and like act with your friends and do projects and it's like yeah sure spend six months filming a movie in boston Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. i think really his whole thing is just like he wants to make the movies he wants to make whether he's acting in them or like writing and directing them you know like with um his first short film that he did like he took his entire uh salary for uh, like all the money he made from dead poets society i think or reality by it's one of those he just took his whole all the money he made and just made the movie that he wanted to make awesome you know so yeah, i think, and I think really he's he made does. so many movies at this point that like enough of them have been successful to where he's successful yeah <laughs> but you know yeah and he's like you know and he also does the th- he has a theater company right. and he does he just does what he wants that's so cool yeah we love it we love that for him yeah. Yeah. Do you say this every time on every podcast? Do you have you said the same information about him? Am I like being redundant on the podcast? No. Well, we've no, never looked up his net worth before. So okay. That was new. Fifty-five oh, yeah, that's, million, that's ladies million. and gents, and yeah. folks. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, oh, the other thing that I thought was interesting was this was co-written by Donnie Wahlberg. Who? Yeah. Uh, Mark Wahlberg. Like the Wahlberg. The Wahlbergers. Yes. The Wahlbergers. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Um, I saw that in the first thing. Well, what were you going to say? Oh no. no. I saw that, and the first thing I thought of was uh, that's there's this SNL sketch, mm-hmm. or it's not a sketch; it's like just a bit from Weekend Update with uh, Heidi Gardner, where she's playing uh, her character, like the character's <laughs> oh, yeah, angel, like every boxer's girlfriend from every boxing movie ever, mm-hmm. and then she gives out her address in one scene, and she's like, "It's one two three Donnie Wahlberg way." <laughs> 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 and so when I saw that, that's all I could think of. I was like, "Oh my god." And this movie kind of felt, to a certain extent, like, it made me think of her character. I mean, it's not a boxing movie, but, like, yeah. it made me think about a bit of her character from that oh, bit. Oh, yeah, I mean, Because, like, Amanda Peet is a little bit, like, yeah, I've taken my kids to my sisters, like yeah. that, you know? <laughs> yeah, it is It is that thing of, like, I have nowhere. I, I, there is, I don't know, I've also, like, I've, there's a lot of, uh, cool there's a lot of like step work stuff in here that was cool to see like a lot of like aa stuff and mm-hmm. just like 12 step stuff and like i really liked the sister character that we saw like three times um but of her being like do you think you're the only person who's ever been in this situation before mm-hmm. and that's just something like i've talked to the, like a notion that i've talked to friends about kind of recently about like we are all into like we are all unique but our experiences are not of being mm-hmm. like, like every what you've gone through, someone else has also gone through. Like, that doesn't make you special. You're special for other wonderful reasons, but not like this. And there was something that I was like, listen to your sister. Like, you mm-hmm. you could leave. You could. Like, um, there's a thing that my friend says. I just burped. Oh, there's a thing that my friend says, which is like, there are no submarines. Mm-hmm. And that just means that like, you are in a submarine. Like, you could leave. Like, I could stand up right now and walk out that door. I'm not going to, um, and like, but I could. It's like, oh my god, I have to sit here and finish the podcast. I don't have to finish this podcast. I could get up and just leave. There's consequences to every action. You could be like, Addy, where are you going? I don't <laughs> like this. Is now we have this weird podcast, you know? But I can, and then that also means that then me, every minute that I choose to sit and continue recording the podcast is like a choice that I'm making. And you have agency, and then like, you can. 
you feel like ownership over your life because you're making that choice. You know, it's like only when we start to be like, I can't. Mm-hmm. So well, you can. It might, it might be, you might be like, I can't because like, if I, you know, the consequences are, sound really horrible then say oh great then then you're making a choice though you're weighing the options and the options are like you should probably finish the recording or you should probably not jump out of a car while it's moving but you could the consequence mm-hmm. be like you could die but like you could do it you know it's um uh and i and i i it just made me think of that when she was like i can't leave like i have to raise these kids like what are we gonna do and it's like we well, you, you could you could and i and that's what's also interesting is like it's a thing where because um, there's AA, but there's also like Al-Anon, and like, mm-hmm. uh, and part of me is like, why isn't she in a program too? Like, yeah. she needs help. Like, like he needs help, sure, but also like she needs a therapist. Also, like, where's where's the mental health in America for these people? That's very true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure there are a lot of um, institutions that could have been in place that could have helped everyone in this movie. That's right. Let Brian know. Let him know. <laughs> Yeah, so basically what happens is they're working for the mob and the the like main boss guy that they're working for ends up in jail. And so yeah. during that time they're kind of left out on their own to find new jobs for themselves. And like it's it's definitely discouraged by the existing mob people that are still, you know, there. Uh the guy solely in the bar, I don't know. Um but uh Pat is the guy. We never yeah. find out who shot him. Oh yeah, that's true. Who You're shot right. him? It's yeah. like heavily alluded that it's that guy. Mm-hmm. But it's who shot him? Well, I that's think true. it doesn't totally matter because I think what the point, like what was going on during this period, is they were just kind of blindly taking jobs that were not smart for them to be taking. So they pissed off a lot of people. All the cocaine people. Yeah. So it could have been a lot of people that shot him. You know, that is true. Like those guys that were trying to make the steer, you know, that they were trying to steal from that were going to buy like, steroids. I did like that one move where uh, when they the first like time they stole cocaine from the from the truck, I did like the OK, I took your keys. I threw them in the alley. OK, <laughs> uh-huh. so it's going to give you some time. Please calm down. You're OK. Like I liked how yeah, I liked, that was fun. Yeah, I yeah, like that yeah. like calm, like we're in charge. Don't worry about it kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I thought what was really funny was one of the jobs that they could have taken was um, someone asked them to kidnap a dog. We never yeah. saw also the completion of that either. I think they just didn't do it. This is the thing of like, I think the thing that turned me off a little bit from the movie was that they threw out so many things. Like they, they threw so many. Uh, when you have a movie like this, maybe this is the thing with the genre stuff of being like, I was expecting everything to come back full circle. Mm-hmm. Like I was expecting the murder. Like, I guess it was like the murder that they witnessed did come back full circle because that's the murder that Pat got put mm-hmm. in jail for was the murder that they, that they showed. Yeah. Um, that was like an old murder case, but it's like that guy with the poodle, like should have come back. Like that poodle story should have come back. The, the like they just kept introducing i feel like they just introduced so many characters and so many new things that like didn't need to be for the story and also just left me being like well what happened to that person what happened like even that guy matt that he was doing drugs with i was like where did this character come from is this all tommy's friends like why like does polly not know like there was just so many things happen you know what it is you know what it is it's a movie about mark ruffalo's character but it is played like a buddy cop movie 
Mm-hmm. Like so much of the movie is like it's the two of us, it's the two of us, but it's not mm-hmm. about Ethan Hawke at all. It's about Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and then I mean, I do have like a note in here. I'm like, where is Ethan Hawke? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, and the answer is he's in jail. But like, they they a lot happens between the time, like a big chunk of the plot is going on while you see none of Ethan Hawke. The fact he's that they don't show Ethan Hawke in jail. Yeah really makes you like this is a movie about mark ruffalo yeah but why does yeah. the first half feel like it's about the two of them right mm-hmm. you know and that yeah. felt really and it was like because is it about because it's like it's about mark ruffalo's relationship to paulie and his wife and his kids like the only thing that all the characters had in common was mark ruffalo mm-hmm. right but still the beginning of the movie ethan Hawke got so much screen time right that you're yeah. like well i care about this character but now i don't know why yeah and now I kind of like don't want him to be here because he's gonna fuck up Mark Ruffalo, <laughs> you know? Yeah, like he's gonna screw his chances. Also, just the whole thing of like the opening scene being like a dream sequence, like we're not not even dream, like a hypothetical situation. Mm-hmm. I was like, ah, okay. Didn't see. Like, I guess that was like that was like a that was like another like th- thrown for a loop type thing. Like we said, mm-hmm. didn't happen. That right. Yeah, I think what was really especially weird about that scene is that because they put it in the beginning, like the like as a viewer like movie watchers are pretty smart like we've been trained to know that certain things mean certain things yeah and so because it's like put at the beginning and then it flashes back to their childhood like as a viewer you expect that to be the end yeah you know and because and the fact that it didn't happen felt a little like like a a letdown from like a narrative perspective yeah because you know? then because then you know that like every scene that you're seeing you're like he says he's not going to but we know he's going to mm-hmm. and it like adds subtext to a scene mm-hmm. but then oh it was just a dream I was like well that's shitty yeah okay, so he is he did just mean what he said like i was like oh i don't uh i don't know yeah i mean i think if you had like left that out of the beginning what you end up with is like breaking dawn part two which is like yeah where um they you know go through the whole thing like they were gonna have the big battle and then it's like and you know rewind and it was it it didn't actually happen it was a vision and so they don't have the battle because they all know how bad it's gonna go yeah um so if i liked in breaking dawn both the movie and the book (laughs) i thought it was a very interesting technique of storytelling Mm -hmm. this one felt very like it's not a vision, just a thought he had looking in the bathroom mirror. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think just, yeah, especially just the placement at the beginning just doesn't work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was fine with it, honestly. I actually, I actually kind of enjoyed it. Okay, spill your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> we always need a devil's um, advocate because uh, the devil knows that you're in heaven for longer than 40 <laughs> minutes yeah. or something. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just, I feel like we've seen like uh, plenty of times where you have that exactly what you're talking about, where you're setting up what is going to happen later in the movie and the fact that it doesn't happen i think i think what it i think what it does by showing that in the beginning and then you have like multiple references throughout the movie of like you know he he like ethan hawk mentions like uh robbing an armored truck and mark ruffles like i thought you said that's a terrible idea because you always get caught whatever mm-hmm. so you're setting up the the like I guess the point is that you're setting up how, I mean, it's kind of obvious if you know anything about, if you've ever seen an armored truck before that robbing one is not a great idea, but uh, it's setting up like to the viewer that like the consequences of robbing an armored truck are so immensely serious in this. And and they, they see a guy that like, 
while they're in jail, he was there for robbing a truck and he was there for like 50 years or whatever. And so I guess the point is to like set up the weight of this decision that he's making, whether or not to go through with this, this could be like a huge break for him. He'd make a lot of money or he could end up in jail forever, basically. And to set up the weight of that decision, I think is the point of having those scenes in the beginning and then later on. And then the sort of twist that it's not actually what he does. It's what he could have done, how he could have seen it going. Quick question, though. Mm-hmm. Am I misremembering? But in that opening scene, is the VO, there's a VO moment where it was like, I always knew, like, like I always said, don't rob armored cars. I don't yeah, there, there is, is, a voiceover, is a voiceover. And I and thought it was Ruffalo. Ethan Hawke. I think it's Mark Ruffalo. I think it's, it would make more sense if it's Mark Ruffalo. Because we've had, because we've had a few, we've had, we've talked about this before. We've had quite a few movies where Ethan Hawke has a voiceover and Ethan kind Hawk of make fun of it. Ethan to do a voiceover. So I think that I think it was Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo also that, does a lot more voiceover stuff throughout the movie, yes, like the letters. So I think and it stuff. was Mark Ruffalo. But, but then that's also a weird place to put yes. of to put a dream slash flashback. Because that, that makes it sound like he's telling a story. Like, to for you to introduce... Okay, here's the thing. For you to introduce a voiceover in the beginning of a movie and, and show a thing happening and saying, I always said it was... I, I always said we don't do this. Right, right. It sounds like, and now I'm going to tell you the story of how we did it. Like, mm-hmm. that's just how you said So then it's like, why... Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I really... And I want to go back and watch the beginning of the of the movie. I'm, like, gripping yeah, the edge it, of the I table. Was, I'm, like... <laughs> I, I think what you're describing sounds like... That sounds what, right. What yeah. Was, yeah. I think that did happen. Who put out the... Who put out the... What was the production company for this? Oh, it was... Uh, they... So this had a very small release because the company, like, went... Was going under at the time that the movie came out. Okay. Um, Yari Film Group Releasing was a distributor. Okay. Where is Ethan Hawke from? He's from New York by way of Texas. New York by way of Texas. Okay. Yeah. What does that mean? He like was he raised was in born Texas. in Texas, and um, then he was in a little movie called Explorers, <laughs> and then I think around that time he moved to New York. Oh. After that, yeah. But he was like raised in Texas. Yeah. Okay. Oh, but has he lived in New York long enough that he says he's from New York? Yeah, I think like since he was a teenager. Oh, okay. Well. Yeah. But he still wears the like Texan on him. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like he wears yeah. cowboy boots. He's all he's into the embroidered cowboy style shirts. <laughs> oh, and he cool. says uh, Texas stuff. Yeah, but know. he's like also very much a New Yorker. Like, yeah, you know, hates he's LA. Bi coastal. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Like how yeah. being a New Yorker just means that you hate LA. <laughs> 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 yeah. Pretty much. Um, yeah. I don't know. And then because I think his whole he raised all his kids were raised in new york and slash canada so wow yeah they have a little house in canada which is i only know that because they um he did this video to like save whales near where he lives in canada oh cool yeah it was a really random video that i happened upon one time because i just spent a lot of time watching ethan hawk content Uh, and what's your excuse do you also watch a lot of ethan hawk content 
I, I shared a Ethan Hawke thing with Harper today, mm-hmm. and she and yeah. she didn't watch it until I like made her. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Because I didn't good. say that Ethan Hawke was in it. I know. So if Ethan, if I knew Ethan Hawke was in it, I would have watched it right away. <sighs> I thought like me sending it to you was a good enough reason. <laughs> was a good enough reason. I had a busy That's day. Fine. She had a busy day. I did. Yeah, you're going to the Oscars. I'm going to the Am Oscars. I allowed to say you're that? going to the Oscars. Well, it'll, this is going to come out after the Oscars. Oh, yeah. So yeah, but we can what say. What are you doing at the Oscars? I'm working. Winning an award. Yeah. Lifetime achievement. Lifetime Very achievement, cool. yeah. Oh, great gig. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna um, just be running around in uncomfortable shoes and a dress, you know. Yeah, but, but you know, that is that is the thing of like when I think of like award ceremonies and stuff, I think of hurting feet. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? and I hate yeah. that. I, see that. I practiced. Yeah. I, I kind of walked through what I'm gonna like the path that I'm gonna be taking like over and over and over yeah. again, and it is. Yeah. Uh, several flights of stairs so and you're wearing heels i gotta yeah you have to i think i have to do like a little i mean i have to wear nice looking shoes that go with the dress and the dress has to be longer than my knee length so yeah. and heels just look so good heels yeah they just, look they good make your calves mm-hmm. look good they, they make your butt look good they, they automatically make yeah. your butt look good mm-hmm. and i hate it yeah it's very upsetting <laughs> it is so upsetting yeah. yeah i'm gonna see if i could find something with like a pretty decent wedge you know mm-hmm. so that i can wedges are great yeah wedges because it's all about just uh spreading out um yeah uh, you know uh surface area i wore i wore sneakers i wore like my like white air force ones for New Year's Eve this year, and it was an incredible choice. Yeah, it was such a good choice. I was like, I'm doing this every New Year's. It's yeah, like, comfortable shoe all the way. Totally. Uh, yeah, it's a I vibe. Hope I, I hope I never ever get to be on a red carpet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's. Um, I'm going to be adjacent to the red carpet. It'll be very uh, glamorous, I'm sure. It's very cool. Yeah. Is there someone in particular that you'd be? excited to but see i'm excited to see yeah. oh my gosh is he not gonna be there no right he hasn't I done anything think this year so no yeah he didn't he didn't really do anything yeah. this year i don't know if like sometimes celebrities just get invited yeah yeah, yeah. you know but i don't think ethan hawk is like yeah, they can just come like the standing mayoral <laughs> invitation yeah exactly yeah. um yeah because i mean he's it maybe if he had won one he would be more likely to be invited but he's a four-time nominee never yeah. a winner what a bridesmaid. Yeah, he really is. Not like Meryl, though. Not like Meryl. Sweeping him up. Meryl yeah. has just been married so many times. <laughs> <laughs> always a bride. Yeah. Never a bridesmaid, She's always more than, a bride. More than Tom Hanks, right? Tom Hanks has won three. I don't know about Meryl. That I don't know. Yeah. I don't know either. I feel like she's maybe... She's been nominated way more than him, though, because she's been nominated, right. like, 15 times? That doesn't She's even, Meryl Streep. She's Meryl Streep. Yeah. She deserves yeah. them all. She just, yeah. <laughs> Supposed to deserve them all. Just give it to her. Yeah, we have a I'm, huge Meryl Streep stand over here. I'm coming out with a hot take that Meryl yeah. Streep is talented. Are you gonna <laughs> leave this podcast to do the Meryl Streep podcast? No, I'm not qualified. That also that'd be a very long podcast. Ugh, that would be yeah. such a long podcast. Yeah. Oof. I cried when I watched uh, the Deer Hunter. Um, yeah, I still haven't seen Meryl it. Streep. Yeah. So she got yeah. me. She got you. Yeah. I mean, Sophie's Choice. She got me. I mean, I that wasn't I a great knew, movie, I think though, I knew, but... Devil's Wear Prada, she understood yeah. me. <laughs> and I also, like, knew what was... Yeah, you know happen. you know the choice it's, before you go It's weird, though, in. that, like, Sophie's Choice has become, like... It's like a joke. A meme? Yeah. Yeah, it's like when you're, like, at the restaurant, you're like, oh, real Sophie's Choice or whatever. Like, yeah. Yeah. People use it very kind of, like... And, you know, it's a movie, but, like... Yeah. I think like, after... I think watching it, I was like, oh, I... 
people really like joke about this, but this is fucked up. Yeah, because I think I had said that before seeing the movie, and then after I saw the movie, I was like, I'm never saying that again. That's so messed up. I have not watched the movie, and I have said the meme, so I will watch the movie and yeah. reject. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's rough. Like, yeah, yeah. And then, um, but I think underrated performance uh, was that Silkwood. She's really good in that. It's like they're at a, a plant in Oklahoma and there's they're dealing with like plutonium, I think. Oh. And everything is very radioactive. I really like Chernobyl. Also hot take. <gasps> hot take that I like <laughs> Chernobyl. I really liked it. Did keep me up a lot. But yeah. Very well done. I like I will say that I, I really appreciate any time people can make history mm-hmm. stuff that is already known still feel suspenseful. Right, yeah. Because, like, I was watching it, and I was trying to give myself spoilers to make it less scary. Mm-hmm. Like, I was trying to look up, like, facts, and, like, it, the, not only were the facts just, like, also devastating, yeah. but I was, like, I, but this is done so well that I still need to, like, watch it mm-hmm. to make sure. Ugh, so good. Yeah, that's on my list. Uh, we haven't watched that one yet, but I'd like to. Yeah. I just finished The Crown, season three. The Crown, again, another, like, History. you could look it up, and I, like, yeah. I, will, I like to, like, look up the Wikipedia stuff alongside of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, very good. Yeah. Do you have a Hawkeye fact? Is that what it's time for? Oh, Hawkeye fact? No, no, the no. No, I was just going to, I was just thinking about Chernobyl. <laughs> I haven't seen it, but my mom, uh, uh, she grew up in Russia and she said that she found out about Chernobyl from like American. There's this, there's this like radio station called Radio Free Europe. And it was like, an, it was basically, it was basically American propaganda. Whoa. And so she like tuned in to that, and that's how she found out about Chernobyl. Jesus, that was um, one of the scariest things. It was like pe- pe- people didn't know, just people, people not know. Yeah. yeah, which is crazy. Yeah, it's crazy to think about. But you know what we do know about? <sighs> it's what doesn't kill you, starring Mark Ruffalo and Ethan Hawke. That's stronger. right. Um, starring Kelly Clarkson. Yeah, I did know that song. You were singing it, and then I looked at you like I like. Was, didn't know it didn't and instead you Harper's like, a big Kelly Clarkson fan. I am a big Kelly Clarkson fan. And I will fan. say Kelly Clarkson she slaps. She's a G. Yeah. yeah. I'm not like knocking it. I'm just saying that I did know it. I just wasn't singing along. Kelly Clarkson net worth. <laughs> That's what I Probably more than Ethan Hawke I would guess. I would also guess net worth 20 t- yeah just not yeah just the most recent they're, they're like giving me options of years. <laughs> That's how you know. I want oh, the most money. Okay. At the age of 36, Clay Clarkson has an estimated net worth of 28 million. Oh. Huh. Which is That's much like less, less than, than Ethan yeah. Hawke. Interesting. I Interesting. mean, I guess she's younger Maybe than him. Maybe pays a little differently. Wait, I don't know. Well, oh, sorry. Yeah, As of 2019, her net worth was 45 million. Okay. Uh, that sounds so hold right. on. Okay, so now let's go 2020. What's happening in 2020? Yeah, because she has a TV 50 show. 50 million. Okay. 50 yeah. million. Still 5 million less than Ethan Hawke. Interesting. Yeah, yeah but he's she's also younger. in his like, 50s he's, and she's. He's 49. I'm sorry. He's almost in his 50s. Yeah, he's almost 50. And Kelly Clarkson. I like this Kelly Clarkson v. Ethan Hawke. Kelly Clark- it's, and Kelly Clarkson is 37. So yeah, yeah. So there, there's she's probably gonna. Yeah, him. I'm sure she will. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Unless Ethan Hawke becomes America's next top American Idol. <laughs> <laughs> Man, if Ethan Hawke got into reality television, I would probably combust. Um, I would just bust. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he thinks it's all phony. He would use the word phony. He's that kind of guy, you know. Maybe. He would about reality TV. Yeah, He'd probably. say phony. Okay. Say phony. 
Um, anyway, but a big plot line in What Doesn't Kill You is about Mark Ruffalo's character, Brian, his um, drug addiction. Yes. Yeah, I think we should definitely touch on that. So it seems like before when they were just doing the jobs for the mob, like the mob, like boss, um, that they didn't, weren't really interacting with drugs so much. But then after Pat was in prison, like they had to pick up new jobs. And so some of those jobs were like stealing or dealing drugs. And so then Mark Ruffalo gets a taste, and that's that's kind of the beginning of the end. Yeah, for him. Yeah. Was it, was there a line earlier in the movie? It, it was one of them. I, I don't remember if it was Ethan Hawke or Mark Ruffalo, but one of them. They're talking to that guy that they're trying to like rope into the Tommy. Yeah, into their scheme. Basically, extort him. It seems like, but uh, and they someone asked him about like selling drugs to kids. Yeah, Mark Ruffalo was like, but you don't sell drugs to kids, right? Mark Ruffalo asks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Because I feel the like dad. there were because I feel yeah. like there were some times where they didn't like, I don't know, where the line for them wasn't always clear. I mean, it was. It's interesting. It is. I mean, I liked the um, them beating up the child molester in prison because it's. I always think I. I this is not like I always like it when, but like I do. It it is that thing of like, oh yeah, you can have a bunch of criminals and people in jail, and I do think it is interest. Not funny is like not the correct word, but like mm-hmm. people have done horrible acts, but everyone agrees kids are off limits, mm-hmm. and I do think that is not like enemy of my enemy. Like I like that like even if people can have varying sense of morality mm-hmm. that like everyone in prison agrees like you don't touch kids yeah and right. then it's and kind like, of like anthropological yeah. look at i mean i watched prisoners. a lot of svu that they always go like you want to go to jail people don't really like people who touch right, kids yeah, in yeah. jail like it's yeah. always like a threat yeah. yeah um and it's like yeah yeah true um so i did i liked that but it was this mark ruffalo thing of like him being super sensitive to children mm-hmm. it's like his it's like his thing is yeah. mark ruffalo likes kids yeah, and he has them, and um, and he has them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I there was a really good scene with his older son. Like, so they they go to prison for like five to however many years. Yeah, and um, and then when he gets out, um, he there's this like there's a scene with his older son who like at first when he gets out, his older son is like kind of like frosty with him, understandably because yeah, he's a fucking know, girlfriend. Yeah. He's a girlfriend. Yeah, girlfriend is too cool for dad. Yeah, true. <laughs> um, but then there's a scene where they're like sitting on the front porch together, and uh, Mark Ruffalo like does this kind of whole long speech about how he like respects his son and the way that he like carries himself. And yeah. he's like, "What can I do to get your respect?" And all he says is like, "Stop doing drugs and don't leave us." It's yeah. like, shoot. Yeah. 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 I thought that was good. Yeah, that was that was a good scene. I did have I had some issues with like some of the I don't know, for some reason like the there were some things in this movie that did feel like they were just like kind of like sort of copy and paste from like from like other movies like this, like other like a Martin Scorsese movie or something mm-hmm. like that. Like I just feel like there are a lot of movies that are like okay, you watched a lot of Martin Scorsese movies and now you're making this movie. And it's like, not everyone is Martin Scorsese, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian Goodman, in that art interview I was reading, he does not like The Departed. Oh, interesting. He, yeah. like the Departed. he does not like The Departed. The Departed is what a great he, movie. What did he say about <laughs> it? Oh, he said something. Oh my gosh, slapped up so heavy. But then, but then again, it's like, you know, 
like you were saying, this this was his real. Yeah, like this was events. like actually his real yeah. experience. I, I just there were some things about some of the writing that felt a little bit I don't know that felt a little like just cliche to me. Can I read what he says about The Departed? Yeah, let's hear it. He says, uh, so the interviewer asks, even though The Departed has a lot of Boston actors, something about it just doesn't feel like Boston. Mystic River had the same problem. And I loved Mystic River. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell, again, I've watched these Boston crime movies. <laughs> you love a Boston crime movie. That's what you said mm-hmm. on the, the very first time I talked to you. Um, but yeah, so Goodman says, I agree, but you're right. It has nothing to do with writing it or living it or making it. I agree with that statement. As an audience, I agree with that. I don't know what The Departed was. It was almost like, who gives a shit? I wasn't a big fan of it. I'm a fan of all the actors in it, but I didn't really care about the story, who the rat and the crew is, who gives a fuck. It's frustrating. The fact of the matter is Jack Nicholson wouldn't have lasted. There's no guys I know who act like he acts in in that world who wouldn't get killed. He was an asshole. He asked the girl right off the bat, did you get your period yet? I would have killed that motherfucker. You know what I mean? He's just playing this far out nut. He was like a jerk off. That's so, crazy. Yeah, I think perhaps his real life experience in in the mob affected life his affected his of. yeah experience watching. Well, yeah, and Departed. also he's like, I don't care who the rat is because like he's kind of ratting. Yeah. By writing a movie, say that. Yeah. About yeah. Yeah. True. So. Yeah. I don't know. That's so funny. So the Departed was not an inspiration for him. Yeah, well, I mean, but it came out after, didn't it? Yeah, it came out, like, two years after. Yeah, right. But, yeah. That's interesting. Well, I will also say, like, you know, I do improv, and I didn't love uh, Don't Think Twice. I've you heard know, that you know a lot. What I mean? A lot of improvisers, but but also, I also recognize that it is a good movie, mm-hmm. and that the reasons why I don't like it are based purely in, like, personal it's bad improv in the movie. Or, or just being, like... This isn't show because it's so hard for two hours to. It's so when there are so few movies that, like it's 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 rare to find a movie that you think encapsulates your life experience, mm-hmm. right? Like just in general, because everyone's life is so different. So then to find so then also if you feel like there's a part of your life and a lot of people's lives that has never really been shown before. Like, it's not like, oh my God, there's, cause like there's so many Boston crime movies. So mm-hmm. take your pick. But there's like one movie about people doing improv. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's like the movie and it's gonna be impossible for that movie to please everyone who's ever done improv, mm-hmm. you know? And everyone who's ever done UCB in New York. Like I saw it with someone who it really moved and he was like older than me and he felt way more like Mike Birbiglia's character. And I saw it and I was like, fuck Mike Birbiglia's character. Like I had a very, uh, but I also was like a younger woman in the improv. Like we had just a different experience. Um, And, uh, and so I feel like that's what that makes me think of of being like, yeah, of course he probably had a problem with Departed, but he probably fucking loved Pixar's up. You know what I mean? Like he loved, probably loved a movie that was very different from his experience. But Mm -hmm. Because he's gonna, because because he, he's not pointing out, he's not pointing out any problems with the movie that's like cinematic or screenwriting or pace or scenes. Mm-hmm. He's like that situation isn't realistic because that wouldn't have happened if I was there. And it's like, yeah, that was my thing with Don't Think Twice. If I was in that team, we would have done it differently, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Um. So that's so so that that checks out to me. I actually I respect that. <laughs> I've thought about the sort of what you're saying, but before about like. But in terms of like representation in movies, because like a lot of the times, like movies will be criticized for like the way they represent like X community. And I think 
part of the problem is that anytime you're the f- you're like one of the first to do it, it's going to be like quote unquote problematic because it's like you said, it's never going to encapsulate every person's experience, which is why like obviously representation is so important because you have more of these stories you can capture a uh, broader yeah. range of what it means to be in X community. It's also so much easier for like a movie about white people to be like incredible because we've had so many movies yeah. about white people that are so bad. Like, but no one talks, no one's like, oh my God, that's really just a bad job for the white community. It's like, yeah. it's like no one cares. But the problem is, is that like, anytime there's like a movie where like, I mean, it's, it's, it's the whole thing of like what, so a movie has to be a slave movie for a black mm-hmm. actor to get nominated for an Oscar. It has to be a slave. And it's like, can yeah. we just have other movies? But also there's this other, like I was talking to my friend who was, like he was like I just want to see a movie where like someone who is like black like me is the main character and it's an okay movie. He's like he's like I just want <laughs> it's more just okay. like okay movies that are very low stakes and that are like someone lost a cat and we got to go get that cat and it's not Keanu but we like, got to go get that cat. Right? We got to <laughs> go get like and it's not about crime. It's not about it's just a it's like a dumb rom-com, you know? Like mm-hmm. honestly more always be my ba- always be my maybes, you yeah. know? Like which I thought was a great but like also okay movie like i thought it was a very fun movie but it it was but what always be my maybe is a classic Mm rom-com it's just a rom-com uh you know and it's like so we just need more of those to like round out but then you're also but then you're making movies that are not like incredible every time but that's also a horrible standard to hold anyone to yeah 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 it's like um and, you know, that All-American Girl, that Margaret Cho show in the 90s, like, was the last one for, like, it didn't do well. So then yeah. there wasn't another Asian-American family sitcom until Fresh Off the Boat, like, 10 years ago. You know, mm-hmm. five, ten years ago, whenever that mm-hmm. came out. Mm-hmm. Crazy. What a mess. We love it. <laughs> we love it. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, speaking of representation, this movie. <laughs> Good segue. Thank you. Um... Yeah, so I don't do we have any final I wanna I wanna make sure you can get out of here at Thank some you. point. Thank you. I do for the surprise part. Yeah, I am yeah. I'm watching the clock and I am yeah, gonna, yeah. gonna check what uh how far you live from me. And <laughs> uh, let's see what, what it is when he's Google Maps this time. Mm-hmm. Um and while you look that up, I'm gonna just shoot off there was a review from the New York Times of this movie. Um, that was not super positive, to be quite honest. Mm. Was it A.O. Scott? It was not A.O. Scott. Yeah. It was Manola Dargis. Um, and Dargis says, uh, Mr. Goodman does stumble one screeching showdown between Brian and his wife Stacy, a strong Amanda Pete. Sounds like a screenplay, not life. Brian's spiral into addiction, however true, doesn't escape the crack den cliches and the ending, which literally right. spells out the true yeah. life fates of the characters, is au- is awkwardly managed. You may notice these flaws, but the desperation and grit, and especially the actors, keep you watching. So it's like, it you know, a the positive. The carry it. Yeah. Like, it is like Mark Ruffalo and Ethan and Kate, what? Amanda Pete. Amanda Pete. Wrong. Just wrong. Um, and then Amanda Pete, they do... They're, great, they're all great actors. Mm-hmm. Three of them do a great job. Mm-hmm. I also would have seen those kids act a lot more. I liked the kids a lot. Yeah. Um, the... I thought one of those kids... No, I take it back. I was going to say one of those kids is Brian Goodman's actually actual kid, but he does have two sons that are in this movie. 
Oh, um, interesting. Yeah, the guy that like works for the city, you know, in that one scene where Mark, yeah, uh, yeah, so cute. Yeah, so he he's uh, one of his sons, and then I think Jay, the the guy that deals the drugs but doesn't do the drugs, yes. um, he's one of Brian Goodman's other sons. Crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then in this New York Times review, there was also a very positive bit about Ethan Hawke that I wanted to read. Um, it says, his head shaved down to fuzz, skin stretched tight against his gaunt cheeks. Mr. Hawk holds you with a physically expressive performance that telegraphs each byrod of his character's inner world. Wow. Uh, there is something haunted about Polly that he makes true, so much so that it sometimes feels as if you're looking past the character and into Mr. Hawk himself. I do. I mean, he did a great job. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. We love him. It will take an hour for me to go, so I should go. Um, so if okay, uh, can you do your hawk fact real quick? We'll do a hawk yes, like, yes, just yes, yes. <laughs> oh, he's getting up. He's getting a prop. <laughs> oh, now I'm very excited about what a ho- oh, just the computer. A great prop to have. It's the greatest prop of the all. The greatest prop. What oh, a tiny little cute computer. Yeah, Chromebook. A little, a Chromebook. little Samsung Chromebook. Oh, we love a we love a. Oh, he's taking the he's taking the key protector off. He's flipping it, making it a tablet. Yes, I'm just showing off now. <laughs> wow. Okay, so this movie deals with some themes. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of those themes being recovery. Okay. And rehab. Mm-hmm. Sure. They, he doesn't go to rehab. But no, but like he could have. He goes to uh, no, he also AA. 12, uh, AA 12 yeah, program. yeah, yeah. He yeah, yeah. It's, he yeah, it's program, a rehabilitative yeah. program. And also this movie is called What Doesn't Kill You Makes You Stronger. So I wanted to just look into hawks that were not killed. <laughs> And how they got strong again. So I was looking into um, basically like uh, bird like rehab, basically. Mm -hmm. Oh, cool. And like what to do about like if you see an injured hawk and things like that. um, And like how birds are rehabilitated. Um, And a lot of the time, like if you see like an injured uh, hawk, it's like it's not always like vets that end up taking care of them. It's like falconers Mm. so there's just like regular people like in their homes and like backyards or whatever like nursing the birds because there's like a special amount of training that it takes Mm -hmm. there's special skills required to like take care of like hawk specialists raptors and stuff like that yeah um and you have to get like a license and all that kind of stuff like there's there's like it's pretty like strenuous and there's a lot of rules about taking care of hawks Mm -hmm. um and the interesting thing I learned about like uh, rehabilitating hawks is there's this thing called hacking, which is basically like it just basically means that you're taking the time needed to like train the hawk to be able to hunt and to be able to like move about and get it back to its like kind of normal abilities. And if you like release it too soon, it won't it likely won't survive. Um, and one of the things, one of the important things about uh, hacking and like falconers in general taking care of birds is that one of the biggest things is that you can't be too uh, attentive to it yourself because there's this thing called imprinting, yes. which basically means that the hawk will which think Which we of know you. from Twilight. From Twilight, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was thinking of Twilight, yeah. <laughs> which basically means that the bird will see you as it's like... Mother, Mother. yeah. Yeah. And so you have to, like, basically, like, feed it and train it and things like that without it, like, seeing you necessarily. Mm -hmm. Um, And only then 
you can let it back out yeah into the and wild. it takes and it takes an amount of time to do it and you can't just like and you can't decide oh i'm just gonna keep this hawk because that's illegal you can't you're not allowed to so it is interesting that like the people that are responsible for taking care of injured hawks and other raptors are generally like just regular people with an interest in birds mm-hmm. and with but also this be, makes so. so much sense that the hawk in mulan is like so so loyal to its owner because it mm-hmm. just has imprinted on that villain guy yeah you know what i'm talking about yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Ugh, i would love for a wild animal to imprint on me <laughs> <laughs> so cool <laughs> All right, well, thank you Would. so much for having me on the podcast. Yeah. Is that, um, the, is that is, do we end with the hawk fact? Yeah, well, so then we'll just go around and say um, where the people can find us and anything you want to plug. Okay, and um, also what you've been enjoying outside of Ethan Hawk. Oh, very fun. Oh, the Sopranos. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so I've been Harper and you can find me on the internet at Harping About on Twitter and Instagram and Letterboxd and whatever. And... Um, and I've been enjoying uh, season two of Sex Education. Oh, yeah, did I hear that's a I'm not done with it yet, but I've I'm halfway through it. I've been enjoying it. Jonathan, how about you? Jonathan. Oh, uh, I'm Jonathan. You can find me on Instagram and Letterboxd mm-hmm. at John's Avaletta. That's right. Two wow. places to plug. Yeah. Now. Uh-huh. Sounds like someone just got a letterbox. <laughs> That's absolutely right. Uh, a thing I'm this is okay. This is Ethan Hawke related. The thing I sent you earlier, which you did watch, uh-huh. which is this musician I like, Hamilton Lighthouser, who formerly of the Walkmen, uh, is coming out with new music, and he put out like a promotional video for the song that he's releasing, and Ethan Hawke was in it, which was kind of funny. Uh-huh. And Ethan Hawke in the video, like he. Pl- Hamilton plays a song for him, and then Ethan Hawke beats him up. Yeah. Which is pretty funny. It was very funny. Yeah, check it out. Very cool. Just a short video. Um, I'm Addie Weirich. Uh, you can find me on my Insta. My dad likes my Instagram the most, so it's Instagram. It's Addie Yo Mind, A-D-D-I-E-Y-O-M-I-N-D. Um, also on Letterboxd, I think I am Addie Yo Mind on Letterboxd. Mm-hmm. Or I maybe thought you I'm, might just be Addie. I, think I might just be Addie. I might yeah. have just gotten wow. Addie, which is pretty cool. No other Addies on Letterboxd. <laughs> yeah. um, when I occasionally... I'll go through a movie sprint, though, and all of a sudden I'll have like seven reviews for movies up. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and my Twitter, you can find it on there, too. Just Google Addie Wire, which is, there's no one else. So just, <laughs> yeah, do what you want. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having. Oh, have me. you been yeah. enjoying it? Oh, The Sopranos. You oh, said. The Sopranos. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I watched The Sopranos, and then I will say I was watching. I was enjoying Sex in the City. There's like just old shows that I like, <laughs> never got. I was doing Sex in the City, and then honestly, I just started to. I was like, oh my god, I'm such a Carrie, and then Carrie started doing things <laughs> like then started then Carrie started doing things that I would never do, and I was like, I'm not a Carrie, I'm a Samantha, and actually I don't really like Carrie. And Carrie <laughs> needs to go to a therapist, and Carrie doesn't want to go to a therapist, and she's putting her friends through so many problems, and I was like, I'm gonna go watch The Sopranos where he does go to a therapist. <laughs> That's true. That's his big thing. Yeah. That's, That's all I know about thing. the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty good. All right, well, thanks so much for joining us to Thank talk you. some Ethan Hawke. Thank you. I'm going to watch Daybreakers now. Awesome. <laughs> you can Can't wait to read your letterbox review. That's yeah. right. That's yeah. right. Bye. All righty. Bye, everyone. Bye. This episode was produced by Harper Thompson and myself, Jonathan Zavaleta. It was edited by Harper Thompson, and our intro music, Hawk Song, is written and recorded by Connor Vance.